Hey everyone, it's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. Once again, I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And it's good to be here with you out in listener land. Uh, we appreciate everyone who's tuning in this week. We've got a special uh, two-part uh, interview coming up, which is really awesome. And I think you're going to enjoy our guest. Um, before we bring in and introduce our guest, though, we wanted to just say hi to everyone out there and talk about some upcoming uh, events that we have on the calendar. Right, Rick? Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, we'll be having fun this next week in oh, New Mexico right. at a workshop that we're doing. So we'll probably talk a little bit about that when we get, get back. Looks like we've got a great group and should be a lot of fun in Santa Fe and Taos. Um, yeah. But we've got a new workshop to announce that we've kind of alluded to. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk through that with our yeah, listeners? And, and for those people who haven't checked out our Facebook page where we mentioned it already, um, we are going to be teaching an infrared, what we want to call a master class. So this is, um, you know, start to finish February 23rd through 26th. And we'll be back down in Tucson, Arizona, which is a great place to go in February. It should be very pleasant weather. Uh, no early morning sunrises. We'll, we'll, we'll be um, a lot of uh, shooting, a couple of days of shooting at several locations that we've already figured out. Um, but then we're going to be teaching you some really cool ways to do infrared processing leaning ex heavily on the use of uh, Lightroom or Adobe Camera Raw that can be interchangeable. And we've come up with some ways to, to use that software almost exclusively without needing to go into Photoshop nearly as often for, for even doing some cool processing like channel swapping and things like that. So we're going to be teaching these unique, uh, what's your word for it, Rick, transformational tools uh, for for infrared processing, both in color and black and white. Um, so if you want to learn more about that and how you can join us, just go over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash image doctors and check it out. Now I want to introduce our guest for today, um, who is someone we've had on the show in the past, but it's been a while, I think. It's been quite a while. And that's our good friend, Tony Sweet. Tony's a photographer based out of uh, Maryland, and he's been doing this leading workshops, and we've shot with him for uh, quite a long time now. Um, but he is the perfect person to talk about our topics over the, uh, the next two episodes, which include dealing with um, over-photographed locations and, and places that get too popular. And then next week, we'll have the second part of our interview, where we'll talk about some stuff that's related to that and photography etiquette. So welcome, Tony. Yeah, welcome. Hey, guys. Great to be back. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. It's always you know, a it's, pleasure. Yeah, it's always fun. Thank you. And by the way, I think a lot of our listeners know this, but Tony's a really good infrared photographer, too. <laughs> Beautiful work. Well, it's yes. a work in progress, man, but thank you. <laughs> it's... I understand the sentiment, but you do well. Thank you. Um, so we we've, we wanted to talk to you about this topic, Tony, because it's something that all three of us, especially you, have, have um, had to deal with. Because as workshop leaders, especially, um, a lot of the times you end up going to places that, you know, are iconic and popular for a reason. I mean, you, you know, and I know you do workshops in places like Iceland and Palouse and Badlands and, and places that some of these places that both Rick and I have been, but others that, that we haven't. And, you know, we just wanted to pick your brain a little bit because when you get to a place and especially as a photographer, you've been there multiple times as well. Right. 
And, sure. and so when you get to one of those amazing waterfalls that everybody has seen that photo of Iceland of one of, you know, those, one of those three iconic waterfalls. Well, there's more than that, but, well, yeah. but, but I mean, there's a few big ones, right. Um, or, or when you go anywhere, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be Iceland, but the iconic the, icons. Yeah. I mean, those things that you kind of have to shoot, <laughs> right. But everybody has shot them because you've seen them on the internet and that's, you know, and, and so what do you do when you're going there? You know, do you approach it differently creatively or, or what, how do you handle it? Well, you know, I mean, it, it really depends on, on almost everything, but uh, as we all know, it's a function of, uh, of the light, which is always different and uh, which makes them unique every time you go there, first of all. <clears throat> and um, just to know primarily just to be able to outthink the competition. Like if someone is, is there for the first time, you're like, you're like, I know where they're going to go and when but I work around that. Cause I've been there like mm -hmm. 20 times, you know, so you have to, you know, like out, maneuver them to an extent mm -hmm. and and being there at the right time is also difficult which means like a, getting a, getting up when it's dark <laughs> yes. they don't like doing that too much so i would say most of the time getting there at, at the uh in the morning especially evening can get crowded but in the mornings not that crowded man like the dark morning it isn't that crowded and then when we leave uh, they start showing up so it's perfect you know it, it's just um it's gonna be careful of like where you go when and and if you've been there several times to know where to go when and and to know how other people think that are new there because they'll go somewhere else they'll go choose a different time mm -hmm. i mean sometimes you just can't help it you you end up somewhere um when you're maybe maybe when you're not doing a you know out in the backwoods landscape workshop but you're doing something more urban and there's popular places like you know rick and i shot in um croatia last year and then i was back and by the time you get into, you know, there, there's no early morning. You can go, you know, depending on your schedule, um, early morning in Dubrovnik can be really hard to do, but it's a good idea. If you can get there super early, sure. There's nobody around. So people aren't in your shots, but then what about a creative, you know, photographic approach? I mean, you mentioned time. So that's like, I assume you're talking like not just sunrise, but also doing blue hour even before yes. sunrise, right? Go when it's dark, stay till it's dark. <laughs> absolutely um, and, and, I, and i think those are the pictures that people forget about um people assume golden hour and they don't think about before the twilight the bluish hour which with our current cameras i mean i've seen pictures where you know you're picking up stars and you know the waterfalls might be moonlit or or whatever it could be oh it's wild. amazing no it's amazing the modern technology helps things a lot we can go out now and do things in light that was pretty much uh, a virtually impossible 20 years ago. Impossible. Yeah. You know, so it's uh that that's a big plus. But the uh yeah, the main thing is if it gets too crowded, just uh wait your turn, man. Just uh but get there early if you can. Yeah. But you now, gotta do you work ever try to do you ever try to shoot, you know, when you so you're coming back to this place for you know, whichever it might be. Um, do you ever try to shoot it and you say today, you know what? I mean, obviously the light, but do you ever say, hey, you know what? I'm going to try doing something totally different creatively. Like I'm going to use a different lens or maybe process something differently or, you know, or, or like we were talking about, maybe you choose to shoot it in infrared, right? Sure. Sure. Um, those are all options. Yeah. And, and we try to use those in our workshops. You know, don't forget you have your iPhone with you. Mm -hmm. they're, a real, you know, they're a real camera now, you know, they have large files. They're great. The, the, the 13 and forward are like serious cameras, you know, and people people are still blowing those off, but but not anymore because they're serious. Uh, yeah, camera. they are. And that's one way. And of course, shooting panos is another way. Uh, doing camera movement, um, 
infrared, of course, my, uh, my best thing that I do. Yeah. I love infrared. And we do a lot of that also in our workshops. So it's just, um, even if you're somewhere new, a, a different uh, lens, like you said, a different, um, different approach, different composition, get higher, get lower. Might want to lay down or stand up on the, a rock to some change your perspective slightly, you know, but just to try something, something to uh, make it a little little more different, you know? Mm -hmm. I like to think that when, when we're leading workshops and we go somewhere that's iconic or important, it's like everybody needs that shot of the Eiffel tower or everybody needs this, but how can you make that one yours? I mean, you can get the postcard picture, but to try to come back with something that is the same subject in a different either a different light or a different, a different angle. Um, do you still use your fisheye lens out there often, Tony? Uh, not too much. I mean, not right now. It, it, yeah, these things run in cycles. I've, yeah. you know, I've a fisheye guy for a few months and it goes away for a year, you know, it's that kind of thing. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I forgot the train of thought. What did you just saying, Jason? We were just talking about like, you know, sometimes like I've done the badlands where, you know, yeah. go at that, that, you know, that spot we like to go out at the, you know, uh, door trail, you know, sunrise, oh, sure. sun comes Absolutely. up over the horizon. Well, one, one time I tried it, the sun had just come up and I threw a little fisheye lens on there and I got some weird angles. So you had the starburst of the sun and right. then, you know, this, this, you know, Martian landscape in front of you. And it's curved of course, cause I'm, you know, I'm deliberately tilting. Of the course, camera to, of be, course, of course. to be, And it looks like you're just doing something on a moon of a weird planet or something like you're, that. You're in the right place for that. That's for sure. You know, you know, but I find these days, man, like back in the old days and I am kind of old, you know, you could tell somebody, <laughs> somebody by their style of shooting, but now you can tell by, you know, the, you know, the style of processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's the new signature now, you know, and, and that's what, um, that's what we all strive for is, is to get a um, like our look, but it, it's more based on processing now than on shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just, your comment, Jason, triggered a couple of thoughts in my mind um, that I, at least in my case, I try to do. I have to remind myself. But, you know, when you're out at some famous spot, like you were mentioning in Door Trail, look all around you. You know, don't just get stuck with one general direction. Because sometimes the light can be doing fast, fantastic things to the side, behind you. So, you know, just that constant or near constant scanning of what, what's happening. That's and, wow. and you can be amazed sometimes. I just told my uh, in my class that and, and constantly, you know, like, don't get married to one spot. I'm always like shooting and then looking, turning around. Yeah. Then shooting what's over here, looking down, walking around a little bit, you know, unless, of course, you, know, you have a... Um, you know, Bigfoot out there or some kind of UFO, you don't want to get glued to the finder, you know, you want to like look. Definitely. You know? <laughs> so, but there are exceptions, but not many. You want to shoot and look around always behind you, always see what's going on there. You know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, Cause we do a lot of landscape photography. It's, you know, and, and, and I think Rick brought this up one time, you know, years ago and, people used to disparage landscape photography as well it's so easy it's like it's the easiest thing to do it's not as complicated and i'm like man i don't know <laughs> you have a window like at that so like at that location that we go to in badlands you've got this like 10 minute window at the doors yeah at the door yeah. a nice try- hot sunrise you got about five minutes yeah i mean yeah. Y- yeah you can do some blue hour and then boom that sun comes up and the light changes instantly and if you're not ready for it Instantly, man, you gotta wait till tomorrow. <laughs> you know, you gotta yeah. do it again. That's right, man. You want that like pink, 
pink purplish light and then a little bit after that but if it's just hard sun you find shadows or you shoot to the right or left or something but it gets real hot in a hurry out there yeah so i think i think you know a good landscape photo requires a lot more uh behind the scenes effort than people give credit to because you got to be in the right place at the right time and you know knowing what to expect and then having your settings um you know we're looking at this horizon waiting for that sun to come up but you're not noticing that behind you the those rock formations are turning pink, you know, or whatever. And it's like, whoa. And, 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 and I always find myself like really like literally running around at that spot, trying to get as many shots in as I can while that light is good. Yes, sir. You got, and, you got that right. You and got then that still right. helping your clients to, you know, and remind them. Cause I think you said it, you get glued to a spot. I think tripods grow roots sometimes. Most of the time. Yeah. And and it's a natural thing because you don't want to you know you got to mess around with the tripod. What's well, right? the mindset? You have to like just get the uh, the idea in your head that you've got to constantly be moving your head around, look up, look down, take a few shots, look to the right, look to the left. It's a constant, like Rick said, a constant scanning process. You shoot, you scan, shoot, scan. It's a constant a uh, 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 thing in motion, you know, constantly. The other thing I was thinking about that was triggered by something you said, Jason, and this isn't something that's going to jazz everyone or appeal to everyone but you know if you're in a in a spot that's iconic but it's just really crowded with people sometimes the thing to do is just embrace the horror <laughs> <laughs> and get some shots that yeah. include the crowd and, and they're more yeah. documentary type photos in a sense or whatever but you know sometimes that's just the thing to do when and we just say this is what it's really like when we shoot Morton Overlook, it's like one of those, like, you know, like it's the lineup. Mm -hmm. like workshop leaders there, you know, and their groups are there, you know. Sure. So there's two shots for me. One's on top of my car. And the second one is of the entire lineup shooting. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> two shots. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I, and, you know, it's, you know. Another thing that maybe I'll do, and I'm sure you do this too, Tony, um, I think it's easy with some of the, at least with landscape stuff, it's easy to fall in love with the wide shot where you want everything in the, in the picture. So you bring tele, I assume you probably pack some telephoto stuff too. Um, well, sure. To get in tight. Right. Of course. Yeah. And, and that's where you can start looking for abstract things. You mentioned um, uh, uh, swiping the camera for our listeners. That's a, long exposure technique where you use just a slightly slower shutter speed most of the time yeah. just stop down to you you know polarizer maybe you know two stop nd filter whatever what you know sure. and then just create these abstracts and there's some places that are really good for them like i've seen the stuff that you've done from the palouse that can be really good you know just colors oh that's the greatest spot on earth for that from step to butte absolutely you know yeah um, it's a it's a wonderful area man. so so that you know and then I mean, obviously, you're you're not trying to document <laughs> the scene, but but these abstract photos are really really great, and they look good when you print them out on canvas and put them in your house. I mean, oh, they yeah. really do. The best place for it there. It's great. So, but it, but it does reflect what, but it does reflect how I feel about the scene. I mean, I, I'm not devoid of like feeling what I'm shooting. You know, I mean, it, that's that's how it feels to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, well, I think that that's really critical, right? Is capturing a feeling and an emotion, evoking that's, some sort that, of thing. That's a whole uh, ball game. Yeah. Uh, wildflowers are another one. I, I know once upon a time used to do a lot of flower photography. I'm trying to ease back into that, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, come out this way. We'll take you up to some of the high countries. Oh, I bet you will. Yes, um, so, you know, the, the bottom line is that um, we're in a sort of hyper-connected space in the world. You know, everybody is posting their shots on Instagram. Everybody sees what's out there. And so th things that were maybe iconic or, you know, things have become more iconic maybe in, in recent years and everybody knows about them. So they may um, even know the GPS coordinates for where to put your tripod. Right. You know, literally. I'm, I'm kind of serious. Yeah. There's books, there's books on that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, there's there, you want to get the snake river in uh, the Tetons where, you know, yeah. you put your, yeah, right. put your shot right. there. Um, so what we want to do is we're going to take a, a little, um, we're going to, follow up with you tony on on the second part of our topic for for our second podcast but for now um we want to thank our listeners for for tuning in thank you for joining us tony don't forget to you know, our website is over on facebook facebook.com slash image doctors and um we're gonna have you on again to talk about this hyper connectivity and some of the challenges it presents not from a creative standpoint but more from an etiquette standpoint Okay, so until next time, happy shooting. All right, bye-bye.